If you're looking for a podcast that isn't about politics or sports. Uh, wait, what? That, wait. Yeah. That is this podcast. By Jove, you're it, right. It is. This is that podcast. This is comedy. Tragedy. Marriage. marriage. Welcome to Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage, a podcast where a longtime married couple takes turns each episode selecting a movie, TV show, or documentary to watch. We watch it together and then we sit down and discuss why we liked it, loved it, or loathed it, and then we share that discussion with you. I am Stan the Movie Man. I review films at StanTheMovieMan.com when I get around to it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, and if uh, it's good enough for Stephen King not to refer to it as that one letter of the alphabet, it's good enough for me. Okay. Uh, you can also follow the podcast at CT Marriage. You can also follow me on Spoutable, Blue Sky, and also on Threads at Stan the Movie Man. If you have a question or a suggestion for something for us to watch, you can send that to us at comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voice message simply by clicking the link in the description of this episode. Joining me, as always, is my other half. Maud, the clothes so pink it looked like Pepto-Bismol vomited broad. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yep. It was your choice this week. It was. Okay. Yeah. And uh, your choice uh, was something we actually had tried to watch uh, a couple of episodes back. Yeah. But because of some weird formatting issue on Max, we decided to watch something else. Yeah. So, uh, why don't you tell everybody what we watched? We watched Barbie. I I'm so glad you were excited about it. Uh, why don't you tell everybody what the plot is and, and put a little pep and energy in it. Okay, first of all, Barbie came out in 2023. It was eventually released by Warner Brothers and starred um, Margot Robbie in the title role. Also, Ryan Gosling as, we'll refer to him as um, Ken Prime. And Margot Robbie was Barbie Prime, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, also, America Ferreira, Kate McKinnon, Issa Rae, Rhea Perlman, Will Ferrell, and a crap ton of other people. There is a huge cast for this film. Um, little bit of its backstory um this film it was announced in 2009 that a live action barbie film was going to be made at that time by universal pictures with lawrence mark producing now development started on that project in april of 2014 when Sony Pictures um, picked up the film rights. Now, following a number of writer and director changes and casting changes, including um, Amy Schumer was the first casting choice 
for the role of Barbie, and then later Anne Hathaway was going to be cast as Barbie, but then the um, the film rights transferred again to Warner Brothers in um, fall of 2018. Now, Margot Robbie was cast in 2019 after Gal Gadot turned down the role because um, she had schedule conflicts and stuff, and Greta Gerwig was announced as the director and co-writer with um, um, Noah Baumbach. That's that's the name. Greta yes. Gerwig and Noah Baumbach. Baumbach. Yeah, that's correct. Co-wrote it. So um, after all of this, from 2009 to 2022, um, well, to 2020, then the rest of the cast was fleshed out and that was announced in the first part of 2022 and then principal photography happening mostly at the warner brothers studios um, leviston in england and at venice beach in los angeles happened um spring and summer of 2022. oh my gosh okay so this has had a long um fermentation process to get to where it is um okay so now my brain's hurt already so it start the film starts oh helen mirren is the narrator she's fabtacular in anything she does even when we don't see her face um the film starts as like a parody um of the beginning of 2001 a space odyssey and there are little girls in like what looks like a prehistoric desert rocky desert scape playing with baby dolls because that's all that they had had for you know since the beginning of time apparently was baby dolls until 1959 when a grown-up fashion doll was invented and all of the paradigms shifted and broke and you know little girls are throwing their baby dolls up into the stratosphere and pounding on their little baby dolls mashing them and you know bashing them into millions of pieces with rocks and um the 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 grown-up fashion doll um barbie was born she was invented by um ruth handler and named after Ruth Handler's daughter, named whose name was Barbara. And um, flash forward from this rocky prehistoric desert scape to Barbie World, where um, everything is very bright colors. Um, music artist extraordinaire um, Lizzo sings and tells us that pink goes with everything which in barbie world it does um and all of the girl dolls are called barbie even though they don't look like each other there are um various shapes and sizes and body types of barbies there are um, multiple ethnicities of barbies but they're all barbie hi well, barbie well hi hi back barbie yes and we all but we also have skipper we do. We have Skipper and um, Midge. Which we don't talk about well, yeah, because no. she was pregnant. Midge was pregnant, so she was discontinued. Yes, quickly. Uh, um, Skipper, Skipper didn't stay around too long. She wasn't, like, permanent either, was she? Um, 
I think Skipper went away eventually. Um, but there was like, you know, the, we see the Barbie dream houses and the Barbie boat and the Barbie car mobile and all the things. And um, in like manner, all of the Kens call each other Ken, even though um, Ken Prime is Ryan Gosling, um, starring Ryan Gosling and his abs and his very bleach blonde i don't know if that was his actual hair that they did that to or if it was god i hope it was a wig but, no i think they bleached his hair oh oh that's never coming back um <laughs> well no it's that, come back they're it's well fine. they're gonna have to like shave that fried crap off and then, then let it grow back in from scratch because the 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 fry on that hair was just monumental anyway but all the kins call each other ken and um ken prime Ryan Gosling is completely besotted and besmitten and besmirched with Barbie Prime, but um, she like just likes hanging out with her other Barbie girlfriends who are like one of them is the president, and you know they they Barbie Barbies have this these very fulfilling outside lives. And they have slumber parties and girls' nights, and but they they run Barbie World. We don't actually see any like presidential cabinet meetings or anything happening. Barbie World just kind of hums along. Um, in the middle of a dance party during one of the Barbie slumber parties, Barbie begins having like thinking about like death. And like, where is this coming from? And she doesn't understand it. And the next morning she wakes up and Barbie world has changed. Like she gets into her Barbie shower and actual cold water comes out on her, shocking her because that never happens in Barbie world. Her feet are not permanently shaped in high heeled shapes anymore she sinks down onto her heels her feet go flat she can't walk anymore she can't she like can't that. function with these flat feet oh my god um and her waffle is burnt a, her waffle at breakfast is burnt her orange juice she like doesn't know how to actually drink from a glass so she like splashes herself in the face with her juice um and she sees some little wobble wobble on her leg and it's like cellulite <gasps> no um so she goes out to the outer what looks like the outer reaches of barbie world to talk to weird barbie who is delightful i have to say she is portrayed by kate mckinnon she's in the splits position a lot of the time yeah. She has a really crazy, weird hairdo, cut, mm -hmm. mohawk, shaved situation going on. She has this um, sort of maniacal, um, lunatic sort of smile on her face. She's She was not typical, you know, gorgeous, perfect, pretty, all dressed up in pink all the time, Barbie Barbie. Yes, she's the Barbie that little girls have played with too hard. 
Yeah, so they cut her hair. Yes, and they, they cut her hair, and then they draw on her face with a pen or, or magic marker or whatever. And so they, she got all these squiggles on her face. And they, you know. And they put her in the splits. They put her in the splits all the time. And, and I knew and, for a PG-13 movie, I knew they weren't going to do this, but she wasn't, in the real world, she would have been naked. Um, but yeah, she she's but wearing clothes, these wild clothes. They her don't wardrobe match. was all jacked up in yes. this in this incarnation. Yes, um, Kate McKinnon was cool. I have yes, to say, I, I enjoyed her. I enjoyed her, her, her very much. She was like one of the realest things about this movie. Uh, oddly, <laughs> um, but anyway, she's like okay. In order to figure out what's going on with you. You have to find whoever it is who's playing with you in the real world because that is what's making you have feelings. And what, like, she learns how to cry, like actual real wet tears on her face. It's like, what, what is this madness? Where is this coming from? And so Weird Barbie clues her in. It's like, whoever's playing with you... Um, in the real world is having these feelings and so you have to go out into the real world and find this person and there's like a portal that that um, exists between Barbie world and real human world and Barbie has to go through all of this you know different modes of transportation different modes of transportation and different kind of landscapes and climates mm -hmm. and you know across the sea and over the frozen tundra and all these you on know, a rocket ship yeah all these different things um so ken has no reason to live without her so he stows away in the barbie mobile and um she's gonna take him back but ends up not taking him back and I don't remember exactly what happened with that why she didn't take him or just dump him where he I, was I, th I think she he just begged her and, and she agreed maybe because you know that's kind of how life works sometimes people yeah. beg us and we acquiesce so anyway um they go into real human world and um weirdness happens there ken becomes familiar with the term patriarchy and um he is he finds it weird and cool that a woman um a human woman comes up to him and says excuse me sir do you have the time and he's like oh i am respected in this world because of patriarchy and because i am a male and um he you know doesn't have a watch so he's like no i do not have the time and she's like thank you and she goes on her way and um meanwhile barbie um somehow lands at the foot of the mattel building where mattel's um corporate headquarters lives in los angeles um but one of the drones in the headquarters um, it has shown up on their radar that one of the Barbies has made it into the real world. And so they've got to, like, stop this madness before the entire space-time continuum and all of life as all universes everywhere know it um, is just completely blown to smithereens. 
Um, Will Farrell is the king of the Mattel Toy Company. He's the CEO. Yeah. Yeah, the king. And um, so little drone boy gets sent upstairs to see the king to tell him that something bad has happened, that one of the Barbies has, has escaped from Barbie world and come into real world. Um, and America Ferreras character, Gloria, works at Mattel. And she's kind of, um, I don't really know what her job was, really. Well, she's like the receptionist at, um, for, I think, the CEO. Yeah. And she overhears the discussion of the board meeting where the drone tells the board that Barbie and Ken have yeah. entered the real world. They've escaped. Um, yeah. So in the meantime, we also see Gloria doing these um, like Barbie-esque looking kind of sketches at her desk. And um, she's, she's apparently been dealing with some um, melancholy and we see her um, with her little girl in flashbacks um, when when they were close and when they enjoyed each other's company and um, her daughter Sasha now appears to be a tween and has no use for her mom or for her mom's world or for anybody or yes. anything because she's a tween and she's got all the tween angst and attitude going on all adults are stupid all especially are stupid. her mother uh, well of course duh um and all the tweens know all the things um so unbeknownst to sasha her mom gloria has begun playing with her barbies again they haven't played with them in years and you know sasha has no desire to but mom, Gloria, has been missing the days of closeness with her daughter. And I guess maybe, um, you know, pieces of her own youth as well, probably. So she's been playing with Barbies and having existential dread, which is apparently where Barbie's feels have come from. She's picked them up from, not from Sasha, but from Sasha's mom. So, you got to take over here because my brains are tired. <laughs> well, I, you've pretty much given as much story as we need to. Um, Probably more. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry. Uh, but essentially, you know, the patriarchy ruins everything, including Barbie Land. Um, and uh, Ken goes back to Barbie Land without Barbie uh, because she gets captured by Mattel, at least briefly. And um, he changes everything about Barbie Land, including... It turns into Ken Land. turns into Ken Land. And, um, uh, you know, he replaces all the leadership. And uh, somehow his patriarchy um, infects all the women and they just start worshiping all the men this and all of the kens look like pimps yeah they all start dressing like, like pimps like pimps he uh ken beach ken which is gosling's ken um wears a fur coat for some reason um 
No and, shirt. N- yeah, no shirt. Well, full length. if you had abs like that, you wouldn't wear a shirt either. Full length fur. Um, yeah, full length fur. Head bur- headband, crappy boots. Yeah. Um, uh, drives around in something that looks kind of like a Hummer. Um, and, you know, he, he, he is the, he's now the king of Kenland. Um, although he does have some conflict with one of the other Kens who's played by Simu Lee. Um, and, um, you know, that comes into play later on. But um, the uh, whiny cry, crybabies on the internet, uh, especially those who have right-leaning talk shows that are pretty much almost exclusively uh, streaming or uh, podcasts, uh, really lost their minds when this movie came out. Um, they found it emasculating that uh, you know it was it was this feminist screed, and uh, they went so far as to uh, buy up. Or I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't actually go out and steal some uh, Barbies and throw them in a fire to burn them. Uh, oh yeah, that's helpful. Yeah. Um, Did they burn Ken's too? Well, of course not, because Ken's a guy, and yeah. he tried to establish the patriarchy in in Barbie Land. Look in Ken's trousers. How uh, much of a guy is he really? Well, well, how much of a woman is, is Barbie? Well, true. Um, they're all just smooth plastic down there, and so, up top. And uh, well, yeah, I mean, there's some, there's some bumps and lumps but but they never gave barbie nipples well no not until well later anyway um so you know it this movie created such a a storm in some quarters uh mostly uh immature and a very uh easily frightened men who were incapable of uh, accepting the fact that there was a movie that appealed to women uh, that essentially flipped the sexual roles um, that we're all so comfortable with where the the where it's usually men are the leaders and women are the followers in this case women were the leaders and men were the followers and they just could not handle it well, and the impossible task of, you know, understanding satire yeah. or recognizing satire. Yeah, that's that's way beyond them. Um, uh, you know. Even though there's a lot about this movie that I didn't really get, um, I, I can understand that it is satirical in its nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, Barbie, when Barbie first comes out into the real world, um, she expects, you know, because in Barbie world, there are, you know, Barbie's president and Barbie's a doctor and Barbie's all the things. Yeah, Barbie's on the, there is nothing but Barbie's on the Supreme Court. Yeah, all on the Supreme Court. And she thought that the real world was going to be that way. Mm -hmm. and, And that she would be greeted as a hero. Yeah. And when it turned out not to be the case... 
um, you know, cries happened and more feels happened. And she's like, well, this isn't, this isn't, you know, what, this isn't the thing at all. Right. You know, women don't love me for all I've done for them. And there are a lot of haters. Right. Because she, in many ways. You've made my daughter feel bad about herself since she was a child. Yes. In many ways, Barbie has been blamed for unreasonable expectations set for women. Body types, Mm -hmm. eating disorders, Mm -hmm. um, unrealistic, yeah, standards of beauty. Yeah, plus Barbie's uh, configuration is impossible for any human woman to have. Uh, Not if she wants to walk on her feet. Well, even if she was flat-footed, the proportion of leg to torso and, and center of gravity and all none of that, of that would work no she'd it's, still have to crawl yeah she it, it just you know it's physically impossible for any woman to be built like that so um you know it's 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 ridiculous um but you know i the, the movie was a huge success. Now, I never went to see it when it was in theaters. No, we went to see Oppenheimer that weekend. We did. Barbenheimer became this whole thing because they opened the same weekend. Yes, they did. There was there was the, the serious movie, uh, historical, biographical drama, and there was the Barbie. movie based on a toy. Um, Barbenheimer. Uh, and... You know, it was this. It was this weird competition, sort of. Like, which one are you going to go see? That's going to tell me everything I know about you. And there, and you know, there was this. There was this idea that people would go see both, and it would turn into this. You know, five and a half hour, six hour extravaganza to see both movies back to back, which. I'm not against, but... That would have been a long day. Yeah, it would have been a very long day. Even, like, you know, even in the middle with, like, a potty break and you can get a sandwich. Uh, Yeah. That's just going to make your day longer. Plus, you know, timing, you know, those those, uh, those showtimes don't always work out to where you can go to one, grab a quick bite, and go to the bathroom, and then just go right into the second one. You know, they... Especially since Barbie um, is significantly shorter than um, uh, Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer. It, it's less than two hours. Just uh, barely. It's a, it's yes, an hour, hour fifty four. Hour fifty four, but Oppenheimer's three. So you know those those times are going to be difficult because they normally take about an hour to an hour and fifteen minutes or an hour and a half to turn over a theater. Um, of course, both of these movies were playing in multiple theaters mm-hmm. in a multiplex, so yeah. you probably could have done it, but it's like, uh, you know, it was hard enough to deal with Oppenheimer in one day. Um, but you loved it, though, right? Well, I, I yes, I, it, it's, it's an amazing movie, and it's going to clean up at the Oscars. But it's huge. It's large. It is huge, and it is, it, it is uh, an impressive bit of filmmaking uh but it just it's a lot it's it's a lot and the last thing i wanted to do was to go to another movie yeah after it um and you know 
I have done two movies in one day, uh, and certainly not the sort of epic scale of an Oppenheimer and something else. Yeah. But, you know, I'm an old man now, and I don't want to do that anymore. I wouldn't have wanted to do it, Lord. Um, but, yeah, there was there was this whole thing, which one's going to win the box office race? And, you know, Barbie won. Um, but it, it wasn't by as much, I think, as a lot of people thought it would be. It wasn't the shutout. Yeah, no, no, not at all. People really did go see both movies. Yeah. Maybe they spread it out over two weekends. Yeah. But people did see both of them. Um, and I think that just goes to show there is room in the market for films that are for grown-ups and films that are, um, you know, of lighter fare. I don't want to say it's for kids because this movie's not for kids exactly. But it's also... Um, it, it's not a superhero movie. No. Um, if it was going to... I mean, like, you described it as, like, being touted by certain right-leaning factions as this, what you said, a feminist screed. Mm -hmm. If that was going to be the case, I wish that it had been more so. Well, I think... I mean, not screedy, but, right. but more... More feminist? More. The most feminist part of this is America Ferrera's America Ferreira's speech. speech, which that alone is worth her supporting actress nomination. That being said, I have loved Ryan Gosling since he was an early teenager doing Young Hercules on Fox Kids in the afternoons. I do not see anything in this film or his performance that leads me to believe that it was Best Supporting Actor Oscar nomination worthy. I'm sorry. His abs were, but his abs didn't do the talking. So, well, I mean, they kind of did, but um, it, it just, it lacked the kind of either outrageous humor or um, gravitas that I that I expect and prefer to see out of an Oscar-nominated supporting actor performance. Well, and that's probably why he's not going to win. It's probably why Robert Downey Jr. is. God, I hope so. Um, you know, it's um, I, I think in part why he got nominated is a he's he's a well-known name um but two and he is a great actor just uh, well this wasn't a great part this role was kind of outside of of what we know him for yes he's done comedies before uh but he kind of just sort of laid it all on the line for this part as far as being just this big goofy lunkhead, um, and and it's 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 like for instance, we may do a, a movie in the fe in the future called The Good Guys. Uh, it's it's a it's a it's a mystery comedy, uh, and 
where he's kind of goofy, but he's not, he's not, he's serious goofy. It's not like this. Not like cartoonish. No. And th this is certainly cartoonish. Yeah. Uh, Caricature-ish, I guess. Yeah. I, and I, I, maybe that's maybe the combination of his name recognition and the uh, outlandish nature of the performance is why he got nominated because it is um, it is appropriate for the role but I think like they felt like they had to nominate it for something because Greta well, it Gerwig got nominated, did not it got nominated for best picture um, and did it yeah Okay. Now, granted, it, 10 movies got nominated for Best Picture. But no Greta Gerwig nomination no, for Best Director. No, and, and none for Margot Robbie. And no, no Best Screenplay did it. I don't know if it got Screenplay or not. Actually, I think it did for Best Adapted. Huh. Okay. Um, Interesting. But... Um, well, I have had friends in my socials saying... The fact that Ryan Gosling got nominated, but Margot Robbie didn't, and Greta Gerwig didn't, is like why the film needed to be made in the first place. Because hello, patriarchy. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, and, and there's also an argument to be made that you know, some years a lot of really good movies get made. A lot of it is about the timing. And summer blockbusters even ones that have sort of an edge to in their message um, don't necessarily aren't necessarily cons and comedy is on top of that mm. aren't necessarily considered worthy of awards consideration um, so you know and uh, you know Whoopi Goldberg even said nobody Nobody gets um, overlooked for uh, for these awards. It's just a matter of you know who you're up against, and um, is have you you know is who you're up against just a better movie slash performance? Yeah. So, well, I mean, like the year we had Walk the Line and Capote. And Joaquin Phoenix was nominated for Best Actor for his portrayal of Johnny Cash. Mm -hmm. And Philip Seymour Hoffman won that same year for mm -hmm. his portrayal of Capote. Mm -hmm. I, I, uh, dude, that, w that was just timing. And if timing had been a little different, you know, I mean, because I saw both movies and... Joaquin Phoenix deserved that award just as much as Hoffman did, but they but they were up against each other in the same year, and so yeah. timing. And Joaquin got his for Joker, um, which could be argued was a consolation prize for not getting it for Walk the Line. Like I Elizabeth guess. Taylor felt like her Oscar for Butterfield Eight was. Yeah. So um, I don't know. It's 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 a whole mess of stuff that I that far larger brains than mine, you know. That's their job. Right. But back to the movie. Yeah. Um. Now, 
you made it quite clear. <laughs> you were less than subtle that you were not totally into this movie. I just, there was just a lot I didn't get. Such as? I, uh, I don't know. The whole, the, the, if it was going to be a feminist manifesto, I wish it had been way more clear. Um, it, 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 Ryan Gosling, I'm flummoxed. Um, I, I, it just, it's a little pitchy for me, dog. <laughs> That's an American Idol reference yes. from early, early in the run. Ask your parents. Yes. Well, okay. So the whole idea that Barbie land was run strictly was run by women and um and the men were just there they they had no they jobs. existed they for the had women. no uh positions of authority um that that doesn't seem feminist to you it 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 does, but it's also that's not fair either. That's well, not that is not how I want my world to work. Well, I don't disagree with you. Uh, some critics pointed out that essentially, you know, it just flips patriarchy and makes it matriarchy. Yeah, and that's not that's not what we want either. Well, correct. Well, I mean, we, it's not we, what I want. We want, you know. The population of the Earth is roughly 50-50. It's 51-49 in one direction or the other. I don't know exactly how it breaks down. But it should be... A, a collaborative effort. Yes. It, it should be equally divided up as far as the decision-making goes. And obviously that is not how it works. It should work that way. But it isn't. Um, and that's also how it doesn't work in Barbie land. And even after, um, even at the end of the film, which, spoiler alert, um, the Barbies regain control, um, and the Kens want to have some position within the government, they give them a a low-level position, and the Kins are just thrilled to death that they have this one little thing. Yeah, they uh, might. You might get to be one of the nine. No, they were like a lower circuit court yeah. judge as opposed to a supreme Eventually, court judge. Eventually, though, they might Eventually. get to be one of the nine. Maybe. Maybe. Not now. If you're good. Yes, uh, and if you wear something pretty. Michael um, Sarah was Alan. Yes, Michael Sarah was Alan. He was like dorky, unattractive Ken. Uh, yes. He um, was like the midge counterpart, I guess. Well, Knocked up midge and, you know, average looking Joe Allen. Right, and there was just one Allen. Yeah. Where there were multiple Kens, there of was course. just one Allen. Uh, and apparently, a bunch of Allens escaped across the border. And it's one of the better jokes in the in the movie, but uh, you've heard of NSYNC? Um, 
that's where all the Allens. Yeah. Uh, that's what happened to the Allens. They they became in sync, but they didn't even try to. Uh, uh, Mattel didn't even try to get them back. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So, you know, there's. You know, there's there's that part of it about how women run Barbie Land and they won't let the Kens be a part of it, which could be considered, you know... The irony is not lost on me. Yes. Um, And America Ferreira's movie husband, um, we see him twice in the movie. And both times... He comes off like a bit of a moron. Um, You know, he's trying to learn Spanish. um, And he seems sort of dumb. Um, And, uh, you know, the the entire board of Mattel, uh, they, they are just... All dudes. They're, well, they're all dudes, but they're they're sheep behind the CEO, um, played by Will Ferrell, who is um, also kind of dumb, but that's Will Ferrell. Uh, that's a standard Will Ferrell character. Um, but he is driven purely by money, um, and he bases all of his decisions on money. Um, so, you know, that's a pretty stereotypical view of men, um, although, eh, it's pretty accurate. Um, can't argue with it. I don't know, it, 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 we're 42 minutes in and it's, my brain is hurting. (laughs) I'm sorry, but you want to just rate and discuss... Sure. Do you do you have more discussion? No, I, I really don't. I mean, I enjoyed the movie. Clearly, you did not enjoy it as much. Please tell me what do you rate Barbie? Uh, uh, three flat-footed midges. Oh dear. Eh, it's just kind of pitchy for me, dog. Well, um, the film. I know everybody loves it. The, the film um, got a... 88 on Rotten 88 Tomatoes. 88 on Rotten Tomatoes and an 80 on Metacritic. That's exceptional. It made, let's see here, $1.44 billion. With a B. Worldwide. Um, it made uh, 636.2 in America. And hundred eight hundred and nine point four uh, in uh, the rest of the world. Um, <laughs> it's described by Warner Brothers as reaching a bar billion. Uh, of course, a movie that is that successful, always there is talk of a sequel. Oh, uh, Uncle Sass might not have to sell off his sweater vests. Hmm. Uh, Greta Gerwig says she doesn't see being involved in it uh, because she said what she wanted to say, say in, in that particular uh, film, and I'm not sure that 
Margot Robbie wants to be involved in it if Greta Gerwig's not involved in it. But who knows? You write big enough checks, who knows if they'd come back or not. How many flat-footed midges did you give it? Uh, I give it four. Um, I enjoyed the movie. Uh, but it I, wasn't a slam dunk for you either. No, not entirely. Okay. Um, it, it seemed a bit too cartoonish in some areas yeah. for me. And I don't mean in Barbie land because it's supposed to be cartoonish yeah. in Barbie land. But uh, in the real world, it seemed like it sort of veered off every now and again. But uh, overall, I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. So, uh, it is available to stream on HBO Max, uh, or excuse me, on Max, and uh, if uh, you so choose, uh, you can do that there. Uh, and of course, you can rent or buy it on all the usual suspects. What else have you been watching, reading, looking at, uh, consuming otherwise? Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Because of the big fat sports ball thing, um, not this past weekend, but the weekend of the 11th. Um, my Hallmark obsession, Hallmark slash Peacock obsession of the moment, um, The Way Home, did not have an episode, Sports Ball Weekend. So this past um, weekend, finally, Monday morning, I was able to stream the most recent episode. Oh my gosh, it's getting so good. I mean, it's been good from the beginning, otherwise I wouldn't have hung with it this long. But um, the whole time travel, alternate timeline situations, meeting ancestors um, deal, it, it's, it's becoming more and more intricately woven all the time. So I'm, I'm totally digging it. Um, I am reading a book called The Perfect Couple from 2018 by Ellen Hildebrand, and I hope I'm pronouncing her first name correctly. Um, it is going to be made into a six-part limited series that's going to premiere um, this summer, I think on Netflix. It will star, among others, um, Nicole Kidman and Liev Schreiber. So let me do a quick search for that the perfect couple derp it's it is a murder mystery um with a touch of yes it's going to be netflix it's going to be um this summer um again with um nicole kidman dakota fanning's going to be in it um, Liev Schreiber, it's so twisty. Like, it, it, people are in love with people they're not supposed to be in love with, but it's not the pairings you would expect. Um, and there have been some really interesting, surprising um, coupling twists and plot twists um, in this book. I have blazed through this thing. I started it... Um, late last week or over the weekend and I'm almost done so uh, but I've been very pleased with it so far it's my first novel by Ellen Hil Hildebrand and I will be reading more so so there's that anything else 
Um, just, just stuff I've watched with you. Well, um, you and I watched uh, John Oliver last week tonight. Oh, God, he's been gone for two months. Thank you <laughs> for coming back. And boy, did he have a contest. Boy, that, well, it's not a contest. <laughs> no, it's, it's just, it's, it's an offer. It's an offer. It's to, an offer to Justice Clarence Thomas. Yes, and it is quite a lucrative one. Well, I mean, I don't know. A million dollars a year might be a pay cut for him for all the bonus swag oh, and stuff no, he gets. Oh, no, actually, I, I, I think... Since it's in cash, um, as opposed to trips. Trips and luxury stuff that he's not supposed to be having. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. that that he apparently thinks he's all right to have. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he'll... I Would come out I, ahead. I think he comes out ahead. Plus the super Plus, new motor coach. Yes. Uh, 360-something thousand dollar motor coach. Which is an upgrade from the older one that he already has. Yeah, all he has it's to like do 25 is, years old. All he has to do is resign. Yes. <laughs> Plus, he could go on a speaking tour, write a book. He could he could make bank. Plus, get that million dollars a year. All he has to do is step down from the Supreme Court. He has 30 days from last Sunday to do it. And this is not um, an HBO Max Deal no, this either. isn't HBO this is, Max money. This is John Oliver money. Yeah. <laughs> I love him so much. Uh, yeah. I want to report on current events and say bad words like he does. That's uh, my goal in life now. Yeah, that would uh, that would be really cool. So anyway, yeah, that happened. That was, that was really good. We uh, just finished uh, episode six of uh, True Detective Night Country. Uh, neither of us is entirely sure what happened, but I think we both enjoyed it. Was really good. Um, uh, the mystery of the uh, death of the indigenous woman, as well as the scientist, does get wrapped up. Although there are still some threads hanging, um, and I like the whole ghosty supernatural element of the. Of the land and of the indigenous culture there, mm -hmm. that that kind of thing always kind of fascinates me and lights my fire a little bit. So yeah, that was cool. And uh, you know, there's some, there's a, well, if you've watched episode five, you've seen the gore, the rather gory shootings, some violence. Uh, yes, and people are complaining about how there's all that uh, the first four episodes. We're just dropping little tiny breadcrumbs, and then we get all this exposition in episode five, just dumps, you know, all this story on you at one time. Um, you and know there's what? still pieces we don't really get. Deal with it. Yeah, deal with it. Um, I, this, this season was great, so, you know, it, live with it. Um, if you want to make better TV, go make better TV. Uh, so we we really enjoyed this season of that's uh, on Max. True Detective. Um, yeah. Um, now uh, you and I have been watching. Uh, no one saw a thing, which is a documentary series about a man who was murdered uh, in a small town. Um in front of anywhere from 20 to 50 witnesses, depending on who you talk to. Skidmore, Missouri. Yes. And 
no one saw a thing. Uh, his his wife um, has named the person she said uh, that she saw shoot him, uh, but that person, at least through the episodes that we've seen, hasn't been prosecuted. Um, now, the gentleman who was murdered was considered the town bully, was uh, the guy who you did not want to cross because he would do uh, whatever it took to get back at you, uh, was accused of uh, killing livestock, killing the occasional person, and always managing to get away with it, shooting people, always managing to get away with it, and the town had a meeting, or several members of the town had a meeting, including some members of law enforcement, um, and decided that this was the only way that they were going to uh, just kill him. And they allegedly. did. Allegedly. Allegedly. We don't actually know what happened in the meeting. Um, well, but they have talked to people who were there in, in the episodes we've seen. So, yeah, we kind of do. Um, even the sheriff um, who they talked to in some archival, or sheriff or deputy or whoever he was, that we talked to and uh, we see in archival footage says, yeah, I knew the town was a powder keg, but I thought it'd pass. Well, he was wrong. Uh, and he allegedly was there as well, but we don't know. But um, there have been lawsuits filed and grand juries, including a federal grand jury, no charges were filed, but we're, we're getting closer and closer to the present. So we're, we're working on that one right now. It's called No One Saw a Thing. It's on AMC+. And we watched a uh, documentary movie on Max called They Called Him Mostly Harmless. Ah. This is the story of a man found dead in a tent in the, I believe it was the Everglades? Central Florida somewhere, yeah. yeah. In the heat of summer. Yes. Uh, he was um, emaciated. Um, he apparently starved to death, even though he had food in his tent and he had money, you know, with him. Um, and nobody knew his name. Uh, and it's the story about how they tried to figure out who he was and why he was there and was he murdered or what's going, what was going on. Uh, and it's also the story about the uh, online internet sleuths who, as often happens, began to, you know, cannibalize their own, turn against each other, um, and, um, you know, just do the things that human beings often do in the pursuit of uh, yeah, trying to uh, be the hero of the story. Uh, it's It's kind of a sad and depressing tale of a man who was complicated was complicated and and uh, may excuse me may have been um, trying to run away from his past and at the same time was 
at least those who encountered him, because he, he hiked the Appalachian Trail. Uh, did I say it right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Appalachian Trail. Uh, numerous, you know, he was seen by numerous people on the Appalachian Trail that said he was a sweet guy um, and very friendly, but may have been hiding a darker side. A complicated so. past and, and maybe was off-grid for reasons. And mostly harmless is a screen name he used. A trail name. Uh, well, a trail and, name, but also a screen name. Yeah. So, uh, we, I, it doesn't really clear up until the last few minutes, really, uh, that you finally find out what's going on. So, it's really good. I thought I so. enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. It's called, they called him Mostly Harmless, and it's on Max. Anything else from you? Uh, no. All right. Well, that takes care of this episode of Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage. We appreciate you listening. Subscribe, like, rate, review, download, all that good stuff wherever you get podcasts. But if you do it on Spotify, that helps us out the most. If you would be so kind as to share us on social media, and if you have a suggestion for something for us to watch, uh, you can share that with us. Share us, uh, Tell us the name of what it is you want us to watch and why you think we should watch it. Send that to comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voice message by clicking the link in the description of this episode. I'm Stan the Movie Man. That over there is Maud the Movie Broad. Love you. Love you. And until next time. Later. later.